Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Well, hello, you fabulous interior design professional. I'm so glad you're here. Welcome to Business of Design, episode 189, Well Styled with Margot Austin. You may remember Margot from a couple episodes back, episode 187, copy that. She came on the show with her partner at Austin Smythe Communications, Hillary Smythe, and we talked about all the things you need to think about in terms of your written communications. In this episode, we take a completely different approach, and we're going to talk about how important it is to have the right team of people to capture photography on the projects you've invested so much of your hard work, passion, and talent into. I don't know about you, but sometimes by the time I'm ready to photograph, I've moved on to eight other projects and I'm kind of over it. I don't know how to explain it any better than that, but a fresh set of eyes to come in and say, you know what? These are the images I think your website needs, or these are the images I think the publication you want to get in is going to be most interested in. So let us handle the shot list. Let us work directly with the photographer. Let us even prop style it so you get great photographs. Now, some of you might be thinking, prop style it. I've already styled it. It looks great. I don't need anything. And believe me, I totally get that. But I have thrown out expensive photography because it just didn't pop. It didn't have a zing. It didn't have a narrative. When I hire, in addition to a great photographer, a stylist, oh my gosh, the difference in the quality of the images is life-changing. We will talk about in this episode some of the cliches you should avoid if you're prop styling on your own. And you know what I'm talking about, those stiletto heels sitting on the floor in the foyer that look like you just came home and kicked your shoes off, but they're a size, you know, four. And I told Margo in the episode that my shoes are a size 11. So if I try to do something like that, it just looks frightening, like truly scary. What are those humongous shoes doing in the foyer? So she said, that's okay. That whole thing is over. And there are other trends in styling we want to be aware of. In addition, like so many other things, preparation is 80% of the work, right? So it's about coming up with that narrative, committing to your shot list, and knowing what kinds of shots you need. Because it could be different depending on where you're going to use the photographs. Your website has different needs, for example, than a magazine you want to get published in. If you listen to episode 187, you already know that I worked at Style at Home magazine with Margot. She went on to work for other publications, including House and Home, which is just a stunning magazine. Margot is Toronto-based stylist, and she's a partner, as I said, in Austin Smythe Communications. They're a boutique firm that helps interior designers and design businesses polish their communications and this is really great, get media coverage. And they're legit, by the way. We have a huge list now, a name it and shame it list of all kinds of resources people have hired and spent a lot of money with and got zero results. So part of what really matters is that the people you're hiring have connections at the publications you want to get into. It makes a difference. 
Margot spent the first chapter of her career, let's call it, as a magazine journalist, and she was honing her storytelling skills and her styling skills for lifestyle shelter design publications. Chapter two, she focuses on styling and communications projects for the people who hire her at Austin Smythe. She also makes the occasional appearance on the Marilyn Dennis Show. I have to say, after listening to the edited version of the conversation, this is probably the best conversation I've ever heard on good photography, why it matters, and how to get published. The episode was so good and so full, as a matter of fact, we actually carved out a 10-minute conversation, which will be inside Business of Design for members only. Look for details on member-only podcasts coming soon, as soon as we launch the new site on October 6th. And speaking of that, I think I see some familiar faces. Look who's joining us, Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations, and Janine Lodmack, whose title I can never remember. What is your title, Janine? Program Specialist. <laughs> well, you got her name right this time. That's, yeah. that's the important thing. You got the name right. Clearly, I'm Program as we Specialist. Are, program Specialist. Yes. We have been so busy leading up to what is going to be a massive relaunch of Business of Design. Cheryl, tell us all the things. All the things with that intro, you're making me nervous. <laughs> yeah, we are one week, we're one week away from launch. October 6th is the big one. That is the day the site goes live. We open back up uh, registration for new membership. Speaking of which, right now we have closed down uh, new membership. I've I certainly had some questions for people wanting to join early, but we've already started our work in the back end, so we have shut that down. But in one week from now, you can you can join. So October 5th, the site will be in maintenance mode for about 24 hours. You will not have access to the site, and we will notify everyone on October 6th when the site goes live. Yay. Following launch. Are you going to notify me? Because I am going to Algonquin Park. I'm going to be in a remote location with no cell phone at all, none. So how are you going to let me know on October 6th that we're live? <laughs> and by the way, everybody should know that Cheryl has banished me to a kingdom far, far away. And every kind of things, I make her life crazy. So my punishment is a really lovely couple of nights at a resort with no internet, Cheryl. You're just going to have to trust that the site is in good hands and all will be well and it'll be a, you know, exciting surprise for you when you come back as well. This week, I know you have a long to-do list before you go. Oh man, yes I do. And I scheduled a trade day in the middle of it. What was I thinking? I think I scheduled this trade day a while ago and I didn't realize we were launching the same week. So uh, yeah, sure. No problem. Absolutely. I'm just going to be 24 hours a day and see what happens. <laughs> it's going to be a long week, but it's going to be worth it. I don't know if I'm more okay. nervous or excited, but for the 10 days following launch, we do have a promotion, which is to get in on current pricing. So from October 6th to the 15th, you can get in at $79 monthly. After that, the prices are going up. But what I have been getting questions on are from our existing members. So if you are already a member of Business of Design, there is nothing for you to do. Your membership is going to roll over seamlessly to the new site, renew on schedule as usual. And whatever rate you are currently at, 
is the rate that you will maintain as long as you're a member with Business of Design. I've had some questions from members who have been with us for a while and are at an older rate and wanted to make sure that that was, that was clear for them because whatever rate you become a member at is the rate that you will stay at uh, as long as you're a member with Business of Design. So lots our of good mission, things coming. Our mission is to transform the interior design industry one designer at a time. That is not your mission as a business owner of an interior design firm. So you never freeze your pricing. Your pricing should go up, up, up. <laughs> our mission is different. <laughs> we need to transform this industry. And if it means we keep our prices low, we will. Yes. And what I'm really excited about for launch is the new uh, Business of Design's 15-step project management strategy. That has been uh, j- you know, just as big of a project this year as building the actual site. But I think I'm even more excited for our current members who have already who are already familiar with the 15 steps, who might already be using it in their business, to watch this new version, how much more robust it is all of these additional tools and resources, the handouts, the templates, the forms that are now part of it. Even I'm surprised how different Business of Design's 15-step project management strategy is. The bones are there, but like you said, Cheryl, so much more robust. I didn't realize how many more concrete physical actions we take within the steps that we didn't take, you know, 15 years ago when I started teaching business of design, you know, different things like project review meetings with clients are scheduled at a specific time. And I have a specific checklist that helps me make sure I tick off all the boxes in the project review meeting. And part of the reason things got so robust, uh, Janine, right, is because of the operations manual. That's right. The timing could not have been better. As we were working on that operations manual, Cheryl was working on the new launch for the website. And as it turns out, so much of the information that we were refining for the operations manual made those 15-step processes much more detailed and more robust. So really, the, the two going hand in hand was really great for business of design and for all of the people who utilize those 15 steps. And speaking of the operations manual, Cheryl, that is going live on October the 16th. So you have to wait 10 days. We need 10 days to get everybody transitioned to the new site. And then October 16th, the operations manual will be be available for sale. Yay. Yes. And one of the reasons why we chose to do that is that with the new site, we are also introducing member pricing. So if you're going to become a member, we want to give you those 10 days to join first so that you don't accidentally purchase anything at a regular rate, become a member, and then you know, want to get in on all the great pricing. So uh, that's going to be a new change as well. Right. And that's going to impact coaching calls as well. If you're a member of Business of Design, you can hire me for an hour or more of coaching. If you have something going on in your life and you need immediate results, there is going to be preferred member pricing now because we find we get a lot of non-members calling for coaching and they need a lot more assistance with the basics, with the fundamentals, with the foundation. Anyway, we're just, we couldn't be more excited. Um, and I, for one, <laughs> uh, am going to go to Algonquin Park and sleep for two days while Cheryl and Janine will be up 24-7. So I'm, thank you in advance. <laughs> yes. So during that, that 24 hours for our members, I'll be providing um, support through the uh, private Facebook group. So that's sort of what I'm going to stay on top of in terms of communicating with our members while the site is down. Of course, uh, most of you have my direct email. So <laughs> um, I'm sure that will be busy as well. But 
the site is in good hands and we're looking forward to October 6th. And by the way, thank you so much to everybody who's just sent so much love and support. We got another uh, email today from a member who just said, I'm so impressed with everything you guys have done for the industry. I so wish I had business of design when I first started out, it would have changed everything. Like those little notes we get back from people just randomly every single day, just oh, all the feels. We miss seeing your beautiful faces in person, everyone. But in the meantime, mm-hmm. there's going to be plenty to keep you busy with the new site. So thanks so much, guys. So thanks so much, guys. Thank you. Thank we'll you, talk to you soon. Kimberly. What's your title again? Bye. <laughs> yeah. Program specialist. <laughs> we haven't had a lot of programs. That's part of it. You know, this COVID's kind of keeping us all in at home. So we'll have programs again coming up, I'm sure. Lots yes. of programs coming up. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses, participate in monthly coaching calls, and find unlimited support within our exclusive members-only Facebook group. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results. For independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Margo, how are you? I am very well, thank you. It's really nice to talk to you this way. And thank you so much for giving us your valuable time and your expertise. I had been thinking of a couple of projects that I haven't photographed yet. And I now know through painful experience that if I don't hire hire a stylist before I do the photography, my photographs are not going to turn out very well. So that's what I wanted to talk about. How are we going to convince interior design professionals that working with a photographer is essential, a good photographer, but on top of that, they also need a stylist. The very first reaction I have when I, when I hear that and the, the way that I like to explain it the best is to explain the fact that creating um, a beautiful interior photograph is kind of like creating a separate work of art from creating the room itself. And so it requires people who specialize in creating interior photography. Um, and in this case of shooting an entire space, you know, that's a, you know, a narrative of multiple photos, right? So the people who are specialists in creating interior photography are, you know, a really good team of a great, the right photographer for the job and the right stylist for the job. It's a bit like interior designers and builders or contractors, though, even though the project would benefit from having both of those professionals, often the contractor or builder will forge ahead without the interior design professional. And I know a lot of photographers, I've hired many photographers who are very good at their jobs to shoot rooms And the end results left me kind of flat. It actually took me years to realize, oh my gosh, I'm missing a really important ingredient in the perfect team, which is the stylist. Yeah. And actually there, you know, not to discount, obviously the interior designer is an essential part of the team. So 
the interior designer brings together the team, but it remains an essential part of the team. And I really, um, that, that was a great analogy you brought up, but one that I also like to bring up is that, um, you know, hiring a photographer, uh, I think some people kind of have this sort of hands-off feeling about photographers that they're artists and you should just, you know, oh, I've hired the best photographer and it's costing me the bomb and I'm just going to let them do their thing, right? But just because you've hired a, an expert cabinet maker doesn't mean you're not giving them direction on how the kitchen's to be designed, right? So you think of a photographer and a stylist in the same way that your other um, collaborative trades are. They're all coming together to work with you and they need to know from you what your vision is. And then they're going to use their artistry and skill to help you get the best from your investment. And so that's the nice analogy too, is that, you know, you, you're still the driver as the interior designer, you're still the driver of um, the end result, but you have to have the right people on the team. And, um, the sort of X factor that comes into play with a photographer and a stylist is something called art direction. So what art direction is really is um, having that big picture overall vision for what the narrative of the day's events is going to be, the day's events being the photo shoot, and it may be multiple days as well, right? Um, and that requires sort of you know, not just, um, it requires planning, right? You know, it's just like painting and anything. Like the preparation is a huge percentage of your great results. And so when you step back to prep, you're looking at taking scouting shots, reviewing them, deciding the shot list. You know, really art direction is about meeting those goals. So how are you framing each shot and how does each shot relate to the next shot? How do all the shots create a narrative that almost acts as a house tour through the space? Because ultimately what you want to create for someone viewing the shots on your website or ultimately possibly in an editorial is something that approximates like a beautiful guided tour through the home and enjoying its most beautiful moments, right? And so having art direction at play really helps to smooth that process and make sure that the, there's flow from one photo to the other. I think a lot of design professionals think, you know, here's the room, it's completed, it's beautiful. I'm going to hire the photographer and they will know what to do. But you're so right that if you're going to make that investment, you want to make sure that those photographs meet the need whatever the need is. And for most of us, the need is marketing, which will go on our website. But in some cases, it's to get published in a magazine. So I want to talk about those two things separately. So let's say I need these photographs to go on my website. It's worth having the stylist come and do the scouting shots and talk through the art direction with me so that at the end of it, I end up with, as you say, what feels like a home tour. Absolutely. And so one of the starting points there is to look at your existing website and to see what is the template, what are the sizes and shapes of the photos there, um, first of all, to make sure that you get the, you know, the, the aspect ratio that you want. That's a little more technical. It's just sort of the shapes that you need, but also more creatively and when it comes down to sort of ultimately sales of your service, 
Um, when you look at your existing website, are there are there things that you do that aren't depicted yet? Um, would you would you like to really show this particular kitchen because some of your other kitchens maybe were done five years ago or that sort of thing? Like, so do think of of your goals for filling out your website properly to properly communicate your skill level and your service level, right? So that's first step. And yes, next step is meeting with the stylist. It's great if the stylist could come and meet you on location um, and take and review the scouting shots together. And then you can get their feedback on right then and there, what is the best angle? Um, because they'll have experience working with photographers and you can actually take some pretty great scouting shots just with an iPhone these days um, that really help you approximate um, what your goals are for, for that shoot. And that the other important thing that that achieves is really you can then focus your efforts on styling the areas that need to be styled and forgetting about the areas that don't need to be styled <laughs> because it can be a huge task and you really want to keep it um keep it focused on making it the very best it can be and by doing more than you need to do you compromise the overall right so true and i've made the mistake and which is funny because you and i both of course worked at style at home magazine i was the decorating editor for 18 years so i did lots and lots of photo shoots with photographers and an art director and you think i would have known but i fell into the habit of thinking well i've styled the house and so it's good to go i don't need the stylist and i was humming along for quite a few years and then i thought about you know what why did my photos not pop the way, even though they're photographed beautifully, why are they not popping the way they did back in the day? And the difference was some of the most simple things, you know, a huge bowl of artichokes. I remember once working with a stylist, it was for a house and home shoot, and she brought a humongous bowl of these gigantic artichokes and put them on the kitchen <laughs> table. And that made the photograph. I mean, it was just a, immediately a better image. Absolutely. I mean, the nitty gritty on getting into the difference between um, styling for the camera and for photographs versus what, what all designers are doing, which is accessorizing for your client for real life, really comes down to a few important things. So one of them is scale. So you touched on that with the largeness of the bowl. Like sometimes the things that you need to do as a a big gesture to make a photo look amazing or to just sort of add drama is something really large and much larger than you might live with normally if you were living in the home. So it could be a giant bowl with tons of artichokes. It could be a massive maple tree branch that you've just cut from the homeowner's backyard um, that, you know, is, you know, essentially in the room looks crazy huge, <laughs> but like florals are an example of something where in, um, in interior photography, they need to be large and they need to be loose. Um, anything too tiny or too tight, uh, can look a little uptight. The essential goal is to make it look like someone's just, you know, snipped that from the backyard or they've just plopped that in in a, in a minute. It's the, the idea of making it look like there's, um, there's just life happening in the room. Somebody's just come in or just left the room and this is a, like a little gesture that they've done. So that helps those, the, those rooms come alive is scale sometimes is one of the keys. 
I'll tell you what doesn't need to be large, shoes in a photograph. Because <laughs> I have attempted at times to like do that pathetic shot where there's like shoes in the entranceway, you know, like you just came home and you kicked off your shoes, but I have a size 11 foot. And if you put my shoe in the photograph, it looks like Bigfoot's just come home. So tell me about some of the other mistakes you see people make when they try to style themselves. Oh my gosh. Well, Kimberly, <clears throat> that's a wrong move regardless, even if you have a size five foot. So don't worry about your size 11s. I'm sure they're gorgeous. So what that gets at is really something that we definitely like to avoid in um, interior styling, which is really cliches, cliches of styling. And each stylist kind of has their their own kind of pet peeves. But I think we all are kind of pretty much over the the designer shoe and one's kind of kicked over to the side and then it's got a Kelly bag or a Birkin bag or a Celine bag or whatever the designer bag of the moment is um, perched beside it. And it's either like in the entryway or in the dressing room or in the bedroom. So there's the gesture I mentioned before of making it look like someone has just breezed through or breezed out. And then there's the forced version of that. And so that's what I believe the, you know, the shoes in the bag have become. And it's sort of the same in the kitchen, like with the, you know, bottle of wine and strawberries and grapes or like the, you know, cheese, um, those kind of things. And I mean, I have my personal pet peeves. Like I just kind of never want to see that Hermes blanket like ever again, (laughs) because I feel like every designer pops that in to say, look, luxury, instant luxury. And it's like, you know, I, I feel like um, it it sort of is a magnet that because it's a graphic and that's one of those insider tips about about styling too is anything that sort of typographical typography or graphics um, they can really be magnets for the eye and so they can steal your attention from the room as a whole right so that there I'm back blanket is an example of that because of the giant age. Um, but yes, cliches are definitely to be avoided. And, you know, in styling, just as in interior design, there are trends that come and go. And so having a stylist on board who knows what the current trends are and the trends to avoid, like the past trends, is going to be really essential for you. Past trends, I got to say, apples in a bowl, can't look at it. I just can't do it anymore. I know sometimes it's legit. It's fall and there are apples in the client's, you know, on the client's property, but I can't do that. And the other thing I, my (laughs) pet peeve is the moving flowers. There's a big jar of hydrangeas and they're in every room. Now they're in the bathroom. Now they're in the bedroom. Now they're in the dressing room. And the worst being if they're still in the same vessel. Like, so, I mean, it's one thing if it's the same flower and you've, cut it down and it's in a different vessel in a different room like whatever maybe that happens because maybe you do have hydrangeas growing outside your door but yes the moving flowers um toilet seats that are open I mean honestly I don't know how why I have to say that out loud but I've seen them show up on people's Instagram who are interior designers and they're showing an after in their Instagram stories I'm like put that down toilet seat down down immediately (laughs) Yeah, that seems like a good Um, rule of thumb in life in general. uh, Yeah, I mean, I've got my household trained. So if I can do it, like you can do it too. And you certainly can do it for, you know, grabbing a a photo. Um, So yeah, those are some things. And, 
you know, they, they, it is subject to trend a little bit, but honestly, it's not, it's not rocket science. If you're, if you are a voracious consumer of the latest design magazines, you know what the styling trends are if you really look for them. So, um, it doesn't, you know, even though a professional stylist kind of knows them off by heart, if you take a moment to kind of study what's out there, you'll see what's happening. When your object, when your objective is to get published in a magazine, what are the things the designer needs to think about before hiring the stylist or as she's working with the stylist? Yeah, and that it used to be that most of the magazines all commissioned their own photography. And so what you would be submitting were ultimately going to be scouting shots. Um, but more and more, and certainly given our current um, conditions, um, more and more magazines with tighter budgets are entertaining um, the idea of buying photography that's already um, taken place. So number one, I would say, would be to commission a photographer whose work you have seen in that publication before, um, because you know that the publication already thinks that their work is appropriate for the publication. So that's number one. And number two is definitely hiring a stylist who has done and whose work has appeared in um, that magazine before. Um, because they'll be aware of, um, you know, the the sort of do's and don'ts. And, and that's the other kind of insider tip is that, you know, you and I both have worked at um, different magazine titles. And I know that there are no-no lists <laughs> that um, some publications just don't want to show. Like, for instance, some publications now won't want to show anything that's like an animal hide or fur, even if it's faux fur, right? And so... The way around that is perhaps the homeowner owns it. You want to take a shot of it because they own it, but then you remove the thing or you substitute something else for it for a shot that might be submitted. So knowing those little um, insider tips um, is, a, is a great reason why you would want to engage a, a professional stylist who had experience with that title. I just remember so many times people submitting, for example, a style home, they would submit before and after shots well, we don't run before and afters, That we never did run before and afters. So what that tells me is you're not even reading the magazine or you're not paying attention to the magazine. Or they would submit a room in an evening, an evening shot. And, you know, back in the day, if the only magazine I think that ever did evening shots was Architectural Digest, maybe, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, the page rents days. <laughs> oh amazing gosh, and yeah. probably world days. of interiors I would imagine too right like yeah. the minhog years of world of interiors like oh my gosh that's a whole other podcast um so yes having a sense of what content the magazine wants and publishes is obviously if you're pitching you know that's 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 a, a thing you have to definitely keep top of mind and you know um yeah, like for instance, you're not going to submit like a minimal architectural um, interior that has no decorating and no signs of life to a magazine that concerns itself with decorating and layers and family living, right? So having that sense um, is really, you know, sort of essential to knowing, you know, where what your goals are for your final images, right? Well, that narrows it down so much. Figure out which publication you want to be in, hire a photographer and a stylist who work regularly with that publication, and then let them do their jobs. Take them to the space and let them tell you what to do. Because 
I know what you're saying. The interior designer needs to drive the project, of course. On the other hand, if you're hiring someone who is an expert at something, trust them. And my best opportunities of getting published came because somebody worked at the magazine and said, here you go. You know, here's, here's a, here's some shots. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, your team can give you an, you know, there's different ways of approaching pitching, getting published, like in the work that I do with my business partner in Austin Smythe communications, we do specialize in, um, creating photo shoots for designers that they use in their portfolio, but also that we have an eye to pitching on their behalf, right? That can be part of the process of, of hiring. You know, that is part of your, mar- if that is part of your marketing plan, then having the right team in place that are going to help you achieve that goal is definitely key. Sometimes by the time a designer is getting to that stage of photography, one of two things is happening. One of three things is happening. Either they're too close to it and they just can't, they just need the fresh eyes to, to look at the space and bring in something fresh. Um, they're kind of, or they may be kind of over it because some people have been working on a space for, you know, two years or something and they look at a pillow and all they can think of is the struggle that it took to get the client to, you know, agree to the trim and they, you know, they, they're sort of like very into it, right? It's a, very intense process interior design and they sort of it's so detail oriented so then when someone with fresh eyes can come in and say oh no I definitely see this will be amazing and this will be amazing it's kind of life-giving for the interior designer again and they sort of embrace the place again. Margot how can people find you how can they use you? Great well right now um I'm working with a, a former colleague from House and Home. We uh, formed a partnership called Austin Smythe Communications. And Hillary Smythe and I uh, team up to work with interior designers to produce photo shoots, do styling, do media pitching. We work on email newsletter campaigns, social media coaching, and, you know, Squarespace website creation from scratch. So we're, we're across the board on communications. And you can find us at austinsmythe.com. Um, and that's S-M-Y-T-H, so austinsmythe.com. And um, you can also find us on Instagram, Austin Smythe Communications, and I'm there too, uh, just under my name, Margot Austin, Margot with a T. And I can vouch for these two. I'm telling you, they are so talented. <laughs> this is a powerhouse A-team. I'm not being paid for this endorsement, by the way. But I, I you know, <laughs> and so we have all these guests on the podcast, and sometimes I don't know them. And we do our best to vet and make sure they are as wonderful as they sound. But uh, it's very different than me saying I've known these guys for 25 years and the work they do is exceptional and you would never be unhappy with the service you provide. So thank you so much for giving us so much, so generously of your expertise. We like to end every episode with design intervention. Great advice, you think, for anyone in business. Oh, yes. I have... um a piece of advice that rings in my head a lot and has over the years in my career. And it's a little uh, thing my mom used to say to me. And she used to say, you'll never be younger to learn, Marco. And she would always say that to me when she was trying to get me to do something. I'd be like, but mom, I don't know how. And I would be trying to get out of it. But then somehow in her mom reverse psychology, and I don't know how you people do that. But anyway, it landed on me like a challenge. Like you better, you should learn this. You should know this now. Why don't you know this yet? And so I always am now sort of a voracious learner. I'm always keen to learn the next thing. And it's really helped me over the years of my career. And I I do think it's helpful for 
for anyone and especially entrepreneurs who are looking to sort of move forward and get ahead and get a leg up on on what their colleagues might be doing. So you'll never be younger to learn. There's something you want to tackle, learn it. What right are you, now I'm learning TikTok. Oh, I think is, that's what you know, I was going to ask you. What are you learning now? You're learning TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so much fun. I haven't quite figured out how to make it work for business yet, but right now it's just a little bit of entertainment. But I do think it has huge potential. And I'm seeing uh, a really diverse um, audience and creators there. So it's really inspiring to see. And hopefully I'll jump in and get it going properly (laughs) soon. Well, I would be very excited to see what you come up with at TikTok and, of course, in everything else you do. So thank you so much. Uh, Very grateful to see you and have you in my life. And uh, stay well. (laughs) Thanks so much, Kimberly. What a great opportunity. Thank you for being a part of the Business of Design community. If you love what you hear on the podcast, take the next step by signing up at businessofdesign.com. And when you're ready for success, a Business of Design membership, monthly or annual, will dramatically improve your business and your life. What are you waiting for? Together, we will achieve extraordinary results.